pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. If you've done any kind of personal growth work, and I think you have, (laughs) I think I know who's listening, you've probably done or even just read about this concept of a future self, an ideal self, some other self, right? Some other way to visualize a life and tap into your potential and maybe even get some wisdom. I know when I uh, first was being trained in coaching techniques, they that was the first time I had done this. And, you know, they had us all lay on the floor and go through like a body scan, softening, relaxing our muscles, getting into a an open kind of hypnotic state and uh, and took us on a little trip asking us to imagine going into the future and coming back to earth and we meet ourselves 20 years in the future letting our imaginations do what imaginations do and um, they were guiding us through this vision through this little quest and even had us ask our future selves particular questions is there anything that you want me to know Do you have a gift for me, you know? And what was so cool about that is everyone's experience in that is different. There's some things that seem to be popular or common, but not everybody had visuals, first of all. I'm a very visual person, and so I got it. I was like, yeah, okay, here. You know, it was very vivid in my mind. But not everybody experiences it that way, and not everybody's sense of vision in their imagination Um, is the strongest sense. So if that's you, um, you're not alone in that. Some people, it was just, it was a feeling. It was a sensation, like a a weight or a lightness. Maybe it was color. Um, Other kinds of things, right? Other than seeing it perfectly. Because here's the thing. I think when we study this kind of stuff, it can be, and especially if you follow like any particular instructor who has a, a script or a certain way that really worked for them, they're going to share that with you. And like all things in the personal growth sphere, including what I am sharing with you, this is what works for the person sharing it. (laughs) And I think it's easy to forget that because if we're feeling lost and we're looking for a teacher, it's very comforting to have someone give us step-by-step instructions. This is how you do it. You always go 20 years ahead. You have to lay on the ground. You have to do a body scan. You have to be able to see things. You know, like these are just, this is just one way. These are just some aspects that some people experience. But it doesn't have to be that for you. And there is such a wonderful, this is such a wonderful playground for the imagination. I think this is a powerful exercise. I have seen and I've experienced myself moments where, 
you visit this other self, this future self, and your heart just fills. Like I've seen people be brought to tears of joy and relief from this, just from the suggestion that they visit themselves in the future. And even though, yes, they're imagining it, it felt like they were receiving the message, you know. Um, now, I I believe this is our imaginations doing this. I don't actually believe we are time traveling. <laughs> so that's the perspective I'm coming from, um, which is like because you can get really tripped up on the accuracy, you know. And sometimes we're picturing, you know, our, our analytical brain might kind of go in and try to like edit details in the vision. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It was completely happening to me the first bunch of times I tried it. Um, but, you know, for some people, 20 years ahead is really exciting. And it was for me when I was quite a lot younger, right? Now, if you're further along in the game of life and you've reached level 40, level 50, level 75, 20 years in the future may or may not be as exciting. It might be a little bit scary, right? We're heading into some unknown. When you're 20 thinking about 20 years ahead, um, I don't know. I can speak for myself and say it was very different than how I'm looking now at 20 years ahead. And sometimes a five-year vision is really cool. Um, but I think that there are infinite future selves because we can decide where we're going, where we're imagining that we're going. We can, uh, we can decide what goggles we're wearing (laughs) when we do the time travel. And this is so important. There is a strong relationship here. The reason why I love it so much is because it's basically another fun way We can engage in this relationship with ourselves because who was I visiting? My so-called self in the future, right? So it was a way to use the imagination to still be in dialogue with me, to still be looking at myself, to still be, you know, speaking compassionately, tapping into wisdom that maybe the current self can't tap into. So you're, you know, you're in basically in relationship with some other point of view. That's really all it is, isn't it? Right? When you're looking at a vision of self, of a more powerful, more loving, more wise, older, whatever, it's you're changing the point of view by moving forward on a timeline. So actually creating some distance in time, in your imagination. And you're also trying on a point of view And I was never really actually guided um, so much on this, but I think this is really important. It's interesting to see what your default will be, but I could easily go into the future and decide to wear the goggles of criticism. (laughs) I can easily go into the future with goggles of fear. I can go into the future with goggles of like regret. I can go into the future with goggles of compassion, acceptance, kindness, indifference, complete and utter adoration, right? There's lots of ways that we can be looking, right? Our future self is an ecstatic thing that's only seeing certain things. They're also (laughs) a person, they are us, who can change their mind, who can decide how they want to see things. This is what is the mindset of that other self that you are 
in communion with and that you are in conversation with? What happens when you're deliberate with that? And I think for some of us too, maybe this will be helpful. The reason why I wanted to record this is in case that hasn't worked for you, in case you've tried these exercises and they bring up some weird stuff and you're not really sure that if you're doing it right and you feel kind of like you're missing out on this like beautiful message that might be waiting or like, why is this other person crying and happy and feeling all good about their future? And I'm just feeling like my future self shut the door on me somehow. I couldn't access her, right? So, you know, a great way to think about this is writing, writing about a character. A character is the human person who is the center of the story. That's you. That's you in your life, the story of your life. But there's so many ways you can write that story and still have it be true. Somebody could write about your childhood through the lens of a happy childhood. This child was enchanted. This child was blessed. This child had everything that the child needed. Even if the circumstances were pretty terrible, as a writer, as a good creative writer, you could find the twist. You could find the magic. The story can be about how this child was incredibly resourceful and always found magical little helpers along the way to cope and become something, to move out of the challenge. You could write about um, a marriage, like it's doomed to fail. Or you could write about a marriage as though it was this beautiful, complex work of art that gets resolved in this unresolved way. And you could highlight all the gorgeous tensions and the colors of it and the mysteries of it. Same marriage can also be written about in a very boring way. And if really like, yeah, it was really good. And then it ended and there's not much to say about it. The writer has so much power. You are the writer. You get to decide how you're telling the stories that you're telling to yourself and to others about who you are and what your life is all about. And there's no one story. So if you are finding (laughs) that perfectionist conditioning wants you to find the right one, wants you to get it right and be good, I want to remind you that actually there's so many ways that you can tell the story. There are so many infinite actually future selves of you. And there are so many lenses with which to look at yourself in the past. If you start thinking about this, you can see how you might have gotten yourself into certain ruts or stuck in certain ways or um, wound yourself a little too tight into certain beliefs by telling and retelling any version of whatever story you're telling over and over again until it feels like there is no other version, right? This is how we like do a lot of work in therapy, right? Uh, you know, what is the narrative? What are we telling ourselves? What are And what are we being told? I also want to put my arms around the fact that a lot of the stories that you're telling yourself, you didn't just make up because we hear them from our caregivers. 
We hear them from the culture. We hear them in, you know, the bigger systems at play. We make adaptations, right? And we're surviving in that. And sometimes we tell ourselves the stories we need to tell in order to survive. Isn't that interesting? Right? (laughs) I feel like there's like, in my mind, there's like Russian dolls kind of like... I could get really like, and what story are you telling about the person who's telling the story about the story? You know, it's like it could go on and on. It's kind of wild. And what's it's creatively exciting. So there's got to be a version of this that has some interest to you or um, that can work for you if, you know, doing a guided meditation doesn't work. Like I find a lot of the guided med- meditations have like... um. I'm very picky. <laughs> I'm very picky. If they're giving me a particular image, like imagine a flower. I'm like, I'm overthinking this. I'm like, I, I I worked in a flower shop. My brain starts scanning all the flowers. Well, what flower is it? I don't know. Then the flower starts changing shape. I'm still on flower. They've taken me five steps into the <laughs> guided meditation. Uh, maybe because I can see things so clearly in my mind. Um, it's almost more of a distraction. Um and there's just always like a more satisfying image. So it's it's tricky. I've I've um, often actually I record my own guided meditations <laughs> for myself um, because I know what I like. You know, it's like masturbating for future self. It's like I don't have to worry or instruct anyone. I can just do exactly what's going to work for my mind. I can use exactly the images for exactly how long in exactly the colors that I want. And then I can change it up. Um And if you have a phone, which I'm guessing you do, with some kind of way to record that, you could do that for yourself also, right? But if that's not your, you know, your bag, it's not something that you're interested in, um, I want, I want to just make this really simple for you to enjoy. So you could make this big ceremonial thing, laying down and visioning time travel and walking on a beach and going into a special forest and the, the whole thing. Or you could just ask yourself two simple words that make that this question that I love, which is basically all we're doing when we do this future self stuff. The two really powerful words are what if. Because when I was led down this future self thing, basically what it's like, what if in 20 years I'm living in this part of the world? What if in 20 years I have achieved success in X, Y, and Z? What if in 20 years I no longer care about A, B, and Z? What if the things that I am dealing with now are going to be irrelevant in 20 years? What if all of my dreams come true? What if most of my dreams come true? What if the, what if a dream comes true that I can't even wrap present self, can't even wrap her head around it. I haven't even dreamed it yet. What if dreams come true that I don't even know I have? They're even better than what I can imagine at this point in time. What if? Something I find myself saying in conversation a lot, and I I think it, and I (laughs) then say it out loud, is this, I think about going back, actually. 
I look at, you know, I was uh, speaking with a, uh, an owner of a shop on my, in my neighborhood uh, last week. And we got to talking. I was there with a dear friend. We all started chatting about our upbringing and creativity and following your dream and your passion and the value of uh, knowing the story of what it is that you're purchasing, right? Instead of purchasing something that's been mass produced and uh, has gone through many hands, it's like, what is different about shopping from a small shop owner, buying something that was made by hand and you know where it was and why some people are just so drawn to this um, from you know, wanting to open a shop or do that in their business and why some people love to support those businesses. We're having this huge conversation. We're talking about immigrant parents and the struggles that so many of our generations have had coming to where we live and um, wanting a better life. And of course, having certain expectations, different generations having expectations about what is safe, what is good, what is the kind of career that you should have. Often it's not creative entrepreneur. Often it's not, you should be a poet. I really hope my child grows up to teach hula hoop classes online. Like no, maybe now that's changing, but certainly my parents and no one that they knew could even wrap their head around that. That would not be a comforting thought that their child was a stand-up comedian or a clown, right? It's, like, it's just, that's just not it. And while the shop owner was telling the story, I was looking at their beautiful shop and the beautiful collections and the journey that they'd had and the way they were describing their life now. And I said to him, like, could you imagine taking a video of this moment, this conversation and your store and like sending it to yourself at like 14 (laughs) where I'm sure this just wasn't right at all on that 14 year old boy's radar, you know? And I think about that when I see people enjoying a certain kind of success and unexpected success. And one of my favorite stories of that, that I've probably mentioned here before is of Uh, choir, 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 with an exclamation point after each word. Um, You can look them up on YouTube. And it's a fabulous duo, David and Nobu, who at some point didn't know each other. And they have enjoyed and created and given us this incredible gift that's so difficult to explain. Just YouTube is good if if you're interested. But they lead people in song and it's become their life and their career. And it's brought so much success and so much joy all around the world and in huge historic venues. Certainly when they started at a friend's party, like in an apartment somewhere, um, they they couldn't have imagined this happening. They couldn't have planned this out. This is way better. (laughs) Just, just wild and incredible. Like they've... So many people, it has become, it's been life-changing to be a part of it, even if, if, whether you went once or whether you were going every week for years. There's such an incredible community. It's seen people through, I could talk about it for a long time. Anyways, I often think of them and I think of that and I was like, that's something that no one could have predicted. Wouldn't it be amazing to like take this footage of them in Massey Hall or the art gallery or in any of the other amazing theaters around the world where they've been leading people, huge amounts of people in three-part harmony, (laughs) 
and send that back, like send that back to their past selves, you know, like I find this stuff so fascinating because when looking at the past self and sending the successes, the and it doesn't even have to be a big thing, like choir is amazing and opening up your own beautiful shop is amazing, but it could just be the absence of chaos. Like maybe you're in a place where there's so much more peace in your life than you ever thought that there could be. And maybe 10 years ago, you were in a really terrible marriage or, you know, living in a, in a household that was really toxic and stressful. You, maybe you didn't have coping skills. You didn't have tools to communicate. You didn't have as many resources as you do now. And you didn't even know what you didn't know. And 10 years later, you're just so grateful that you got through it. And you're looking around and your life is kind of just simple and functional And wow, wouldn't your past self from 10 years ago love to see a a reel, (laughs) you know, just a few seconds of footage and just that little glimmer on your face of what was to come. I think that um, that's why it's really important that when you're doing any kind of future self work, you want to have the lens, the goggles, that's my, you know. (laughs) the goggles you're wearing or the mindset or what you're seeing the world through at the very least it could be acceptance take the pressure off of yourself with this but that's why like uh, it's great to ask for you to look at yourself as though you are looking at someone who may be a little easier to love if you're having some if you don't even really know what self-love is yet you're here on this journey kind of trying to figure it out and it's just it can kind of trip you up to think of it that way It's easy to maybe imagine a child that you have (laughs) or have near you or know. Um, Someone else, some other friend, someone that you admire, that that you see in high regard. You see, you know they're human. You know they have their quirks. You would call them quirks, not horrible flaws, right? And you could see their potential, right? So like if you have a niece and nephew and nibbling, your own child that's just like, ah, and you can see the whole future of like all the possible futures. When you have like a new baby, it's like, we don't know what's going to happen with that human. And the excitement is, is in that too, of like this fresh page, this fresh possibility. You want the best for that young person. You look at them kindly. You look at them perhaps very lovingly. You can see where they don't quite, they haven't quite grown into themselves yet. And you also know that it doesn't matter. You don't need to rush them because it's inevitable. You really believe that this child, this other person, this dear friend of yours, someone from your past, someone that you maybe don't even know that well, you don't have to have a really close relationship to see someone through those goggles, through that lens of admiration, kindness, hope, optimism, inspiration maybe it's like exciting like wow I wonder what that person's gonna do that person can do anything I can't wait to see what happens for them it could be someone that you saw like trying it like on the voice or someone who's like you know on TikTok doing some really cool stuff and you're just like wow look at this person right that's the lens you want to try to work towards no matter whether you're wherever you're traveling in time to imagine yourself. You want to look at yourself through that lens. 
the imagination is one of my, I mean, without it, I don't really know if any of the other tools matter. (laughs) I think it's the number one creative tool. And it is a muscle. If you're not used to fantasizing or you've like put some real breaks around that, if that's like hasn't felt safe to fantasize or you felt whatever, some bad feelings about it, maybe we don't do it as much. I tried sketching uh, last weekend. I have not sketched in so long. And wow, was it rusty. Um, There was definitely, I mean, I have years of training and practice in drawing, but I haven't done that in a while. Sketching from life especially was never really my thing. And so I'm looking at this, you know, this person. I was like, hey, it's a sunny day. I'm going to do this thing I always talk about doing. I'm going to grab my sketchbook. Do you mind if I just look at you and sketch? And the pressure is on when there's like someone sitting there because, of course, they're going to see it or want to see it. And then there's a lot of things at play. (laughs) Like, is this how you see me? Or like you want to do something that's flattering, but who knows? Um, it's so strange. So uh, I probably should have started with like an apple or something because <laughs> the apple's not going to worry about what it looks like. Um, this person didn't do any of that. But anyway, that's just a side note. Um, my hand was awkward. It kind of remembered how to draw, but it was like it was a little stiff. And I think I probably needed to do 20 more sketches of that person's face before I can actually start to see. Also, the act of seeing, of looking. How often do you look at someone's face? I mean, even making eye contact. But how often do you look at someone as though you need to draw it? Looking at all of the lines, looking at the angles and how far away they are from other lines. Is their eyes a little close? Can you fit a whole eye in the center of their eyes? Or are they a little closer together, a little further apart? Is there, you know, which direction is the hair growing on their eyebrow? Like if you had to record it, you would pay a different kind of attention. Now, obviously, you don't have to pay this kind of attention (laughs) to anyone. And it might be a little uncomfortable for that person if you're just really staring at them um, when you're not sketching them. But it's uh, just the seeing part I was rusty at, which was so interesting to me. I think I'm looking around. I think I'm seeing my friend's faces. But when it was to sketch it, it was like, oh, oh, I remember this, this relationship with what I'm observing and then my hand and how my hand is moving and my the relationship between my hand and the pencil Am I clutching it? Am I loose with it? Do I like this pencil? What pencils do I even like again? Like it's this forgetting and remembering moment coming back to it. I believe your imagination is the same. If you're kind of just like thinking about logic, looking at, you know, what's right in front of you, wanting everything to be linear and you don't let yourself fantasize, it can be a little tricky. Um, Back in the day on um, retreats I used to lead and co-lead, we would do like a warm up in the circle and it would, you know, we would be using our imagination. Like we're all throwing a party or a potluck. We're all bringing something strange and we go around the circle and everyone can share something. And it's so funny how even actually even back then, I remember thinking like focusing on the job of facilitating and forgetting this like, oh, right. (laughs) I'm going to have to answer this question also. And if I hadn't really been in that kind of headspace, it was it took a beat. It took a bit to 
access something um, to be really loose in my imagination. Like I hadn't warmed it up just like any muscle, right? So fantasizing is great. Using your imagination is great. And if it's a little rusty, here's what I hope, dear listener. I hope that if your imagination feels kind of clunky and a little bit cliche because it's like, I'm not reaching that deep. I'm kind of getting surface stuff. Don't make that mean that you're bad at fantasizing or you're bad at imagining. This is just the first layer. It's the warm up. It's the outside of the onion. The more you do it, it will loosen up. Part of what helps us do that is by taking the pressure off, having no bad answers, no wrong answers. Um, Quantity is where imagination loves quantity, right? If you had to come up with like three names for your potential new pet chihuahua, it's like your brain's going to tighten and try to figure something out. If you have to come up with a hundred names for your new chihuahua, you're just going to start throwing out all kinds of weird things because you're like, we got lots of time and I don't even know if I'm going to get to a hundred. So you just start throwing stuff out, spitballing, spaghetti at the wall, (laughs) which I don't know. Anyway, I have thoughts about spaghetti on the wall. (laughs) So you know what I mean? So like, just let yourself know, go, oh, it's a, it's not that you're good or not good at imagining. It's, have you warmed up? Could you use a little warm up? Could you use a little play? And brainstorming is great. So that's why coming back to those two amazing words, what if, what if, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned them in another episode because it's also a way that we can flip worrying, right? If you, we all do this, worrying, fantasizing about the worst case scenario, being afraid. We have a bias in our brains to like look for the bad, right? Um, Apparently that's just how humans think. So we need to put an effort into countering it with what's positive. We think that like worrying and thinking of all the bad things is just reality and just normal, whatever that means. (laughs) Don't you dare call me normal. Um, But, you know, it's like, it's just a fantasy. It's asking what if, what if this horrible thing happened? And then we let all our feelings come in and we feel horrible and we panic and then it just snowballs into more what ifs. But that question is neutral. We can tip it the other way. What if everything goes really smoothly? What if, yeah, I'm running late and I come out the door, but somehow I get to work early? What if that person calls me out of the blue? What if I call and they're thrilled that I did? What if I win this weird contest, even though I've never won something before? What if I can guess how many jelly beans are in there? What if I'm off just by one? Uh, What if I get it on the nose? What if this next contract is going to be the thing that completely changes the direction of my business? What if I'm really good at clarinet? I just never knew because I never was near one and I never tried one before. But what if I take this free lesson and I discover an entire new musical side of myself? What if everything is actually fine? What if this is manageable? What if this turns out better than I thought? What if I become blank? What if in five years I am blank? What if in two years I, right? There's a future self that you're creating with your imagination. What would that be like? 
I hope this is helpful. I'm a bit of a nerd with these things. I also know that like I need I need like a like the guided meditations. I need things to be personalized. I um I don't know. I want the water to be room temperature. I want it I want to slink into the waters of my imagination and I want it to just feel real comfortable and I want these imagination uh fantasies, future self things. I want them to take. I want them to work their way into my mind until they don't feel so fantastic anymore. In so many ways, I am living my future self vision from years ago in ways that I had hoped and in ways that I hadn't dared hope. And that doesn't mean that my life is over. And that doesn't mean that there aren't a million more future selves for the next, for me, for the next two years, you know, even if I don't make it to tomorrow, all those future selves still exist. They're all possible futures. They're all things I can imagine. They exist as much as anything else does after this moment. What's the point of doing these? Is it to predict the future? Is it to get it right? Is it to make sure that you're taking the right courses at college or not going at all? Um, It's like, it's not about that, right? So if you don't know why you're doing a future self exercise, it's worth it to check in and ask. And also you don't have to, right? But it's like the reason, one of the things I love about it is it helps me open my mind to more possibilities. It helps remind me that there's so much that the Danette in this moment doesn't know right? Because I can tell you 15-year-old Danette thought she knew a lot of things and she didn't. (laughs) She knew some things, but there was a lot that she didn't know she didn't know. And 27-year-old Danette, same thing. There was a lot that she didn't know she didn't know that 40-year-old Danette knew, right? And my present-day Danette has that, but also I don't know what I'm going to know in three years. I don't know what I don't know, (laughs) at this point. So even just reminding me of all these possibilities and that I can't really fully see a perfect vision of this future self, but I can imagine the direction and I can see how it feels. Dear listener, is there a version of yourself that you can fantasize about or imagine that actually gets you excited? That or Even if it's like a tenderness, like a little pang, like, well, yeah, but, you know, what are the odds of that happening? Just hang on for a second. Hang on to that thread. Hang on to that vision that maybe the current self is a little, you know, needs a little help (laughs) in uh, believing it's possible. But just hang on to that thread. Who is that person that you hope? What do you hope is possible? Phrase your questions to meet you where you are. If I asked you to be like, go visit your rock star self in 20 years and you just are feeling like really disconnected from yourself, you're not really sure, you're in a stage of relationship where you're kind of building trust and um, it just feels like too much. It feels like gaslighting yourself, right? Like, I don't know. I don't believe this. I don't know. You go through the motions, but you're not connected. That's not the point. The point is how you feel when you imagine it. And expanding what you can imagine at the same time. But you want to do that at a pace 
that you can sustain. Otherwise, it's like blowing up a balloon too fast, too, too much, and it pops, right? You picture a vision of you, you know, like living like uh, having what I call like Musk money or like Oprah money, influence, that kind of stuff. If you're like nowhere near that, don't want it <laughs> and just feels like that's absolutely impossible, the balloon's going to burst really fast. It's too much. You can't wrap your head around it and it's not going to feel good, right? But if you can ask yourself, well, what do I wish was possible? What future self do I wish was possible? Write about that character. And also, if you don't want to say it's your you and that feels like it's impossible, write it as a character. It's always a character. All of this is in our heads. Find a way that you can access it. And then see how it feels. Write what feels good. Follow the good feeling, right? Masturbation is a theme today, apparently. <laughs> but fall, the whole point is that you're feeling good. You're not visualizing your future selves so that you can feel shitty about yourself. <laughs> it's like, please don't do it, right? What feels kind of good, kind of like, oh, I don't know. A lot of people do this when they imagine winning the lottery. I've, I've heard so many people talk about winning an amount, even people who don't play any lottery <laughs> will still say, oh, if I won the lottery, I... My friend, that is a future self vision right there. Because what they're saying, and maybe that's been you, what you're saying is, if, if everything was possible, if I had resources, if I had time freedom, this is who I could be. This is what I would want. This is how I would enjoy it. That is a future self exercise in disguise, right? So wherever it is that you can find your way in, find your way in. Notice the edges of your imagination. How big can you imagine? Could it go even further? And when I say further, I know I give examples of like Musk money and Oprah and, and you know, big success in the world. Also, you get to decide what that is. And it's not playing small to not be a public figure. You can just be like, what if I was... Oh, I, I, you know, for example, if you were like, oh, I just want to be content, you know, I just want to be content. I just want to have what I need. So how you can take that even bigger is what if you were not just content, but so deeply satisfied? Same thing, same circumstances, right? But the feeling, what if you were so deeply satisfied? What if you woke up in the morning with a, a, such a peaceful feeling in your heart and there was like nothing filling it and you didn't have any need or impulse to fill it back up what if you could just breathe into your life feeling so like pleasured by the peace and the quiet and the simplicity is there pleasure in your future self And not the kind of pleasure that's, you know, great for someone else, but yours, yours, what's deep and meaningful to you, what your soul feels at home in and celebrated in and happy. This one life of yours as you in this world, as far as we know, what's the most beautiful story? I'm going to leave you with that question. What is the most beautiful story that you could write about you? that could be true about your life here, that could be true already 
about who you were, who you have become, and who you are becoming. Please use all self-help tools in a loving way. (laughs) You are not a project. You are not a problem to be fixed. This is fantasy time. This is fun, right? So I hope this was helpful. If it is, please tell me what insight, what aha did you have? Did you have a vision? Were you able to kind of find a new way into this future self stuff after being frustrated with it? What kinds of things came up when you ask, what if, what if, what if, what are you noticing about your imagination? Gently imagine just pushing the edges just a little bit, just stretching it out like dough or like a, like a, I don't know, bouncy castles don't stretch. I'm going to think about that metaphor (laughs) Um, just to expand, expand the light, the color, the beauty. You have the power to do all of this. If you are listening to this, if I say bunny ears, purple glitter bunny ears, and you can picture them or you have some sense of what I'm talking about, you've got an imagination. So if you can imagine that I am standing, speaking into a microphone, and that when that microphone is done being used for the podcast, I'm going to place Mickey Mouse ears, you know, that little hat that people buy at Disneyland, except mine is green because it looks like Kermit. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. If you can picture anything (laughs) that I just described, you have an imagination and all of that is true. Dear listener, you are someone worth loving and worth fantasizing about. It all starts with you, with you and your imagination. Thank you so much to the lovely Capricorn, Alison Tarr. Thank you to Lee Rosefair for the music that I bop to and maybe you bop to also here at the Soft Shoulder. Thank you so much for listening and being here with me and for sharing this with someone that you love, with someone that you think might enjoy it also. I would appreciate that so much. Take good care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon.